It's Test Tube Thursday, which means we can turn to other issues. And Dan Riskin always tells a good story. Here he is. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm okay. So I was mentioning the planet Uranus, which is always going to make me laugh like an eight-year-old. Sure. Um, But apparently it's going to be big in the sky. Yes. And also the planet is. So uh, Uranus (laughs) uh, is going to be as close to Earth as it gets all year on November 9th. And so it's basically already in position because relative to the Earth, it doesn't move very fast. And it's apparently visible in the sky, even without binoculars, but especially with binoculars. You might need to download an app to help you figure out where in the sky you should find it. Uh, It's best seen at 2 a.m. But uh, I looked at uh, my little app and it it comes up into the sky uh, or, you know, basically it's in the sky all night and so you don't have to wait until 2 a.m to go out and look for it on one specific night but if you're looking at the stars uh get get an app or, or get a star chart and in a, in a book which is kind of like an app but made out of paper and uh have a look and see if you can find it i've never seen it so I, i'm looking forward to looking at uranus uh, certainly <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, let's keep moving before I have a meeting at 9.05. Growing hair follicles in a lab, could this be a cure for baldness? Yeah, this is uh, an exciting leap forward. Uh, There's been a lot of development, and you and I have talked a little bit about uh, organoids, where they take cells and they grow them in a basically in a dish. But it's not just one kind of cell; it's a bunch of different cells that are working together. And here they're taking two different kinds of cells that are normally found in the skin and that work together to make a hair follicle, which then grows hair. Um, But they've got these growing in a dish together, and they've figured out the chemistry to make it work. And they've got some hairs that are growing in a dish, and this is a breakthrough because that something that hasn't been possible before and although it seems like you know well okay whoop-de-doo it's just another thing that's growing in a dish hair has this special place in our culture where a lot of people really feel like losing hair is a very bad thing and they go to great lengths to prevent that from happening or to replace the hair that's gone and right now if you want to put hair back on your head after you lose some uh, you're taking hair from another part of your body and you're moving it up there and and it's it's quite a a, an ordeal but the idea that you could just grow the hair in a dish and then put it on your head uh, would save a lot of pain and so that's just one application of this there are also other applications like if you want to do testing on a drug that might stop hair from growing or might make hair grow stronger or if you wanted to make a real life peanut butter solution that that can make hair grow infinitely long all those (laughs) kinds of tests would be able to happen in a lab without you using mice and without using people. So that's kind of a, a cool breakthrough and it's pretty exciting for a lot of people. I welcome any research that might provide me with insight into what's going on in my dog's head because I don't fool myself. I don't know that a lot of this stuff is going on in there in the first place. Yeah, this is um, this is neat. What they they took dogs and they put them into a brain scanner, the same kind of brain scanner that they normally use for people, and they played a bunch of movies for them uh, of what you would see if you were a dog. And so they've got some of these movies online, and and basically it's like the camera's held low to the ground and it's running around, and there's another dog playing with it where it runs ahead and turns around and comes back, and it just kind of looks like a home movie shot by a dog. And they used artificial intelligence to try to gain insight about the movie. So different parts of the brain light up when different things happen in the movie and they've done this with people before and they've done it with some other primates before but can you do it with a dog and so um they they had a good 
good, good, uh, they had good success with the video classifying uh, what the dog was seeing uh, and what the dog was doing. But the dog's brain is much more informative about what's happening as composed as opposed to what the dog is seeing, whereas a human brain is very informative in terms of what's going on and what they're seeing. So for the dog, it seems to be that the activity is more important than the objects themselves, which is uh, an insight into the idea that dogs really do see the world in a fundamentally different way than we do. And this is just sort of scratching the surface about how we even get our heads around that. Yeah, I always figure with dogs, really, the only thought process is food, not food, food, not food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and the other thing is that this is all vision, right? And I don't know what your dog's like when you go out for a walk, but that nose for my dog is down on the ground, sniff, yeah. sniff, 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 sniff. And, and so, so much of the world comes in on different wavelengths, so to speak, and, and they don't have uh, the analogous set up in a brain scanner for different smells to come in. But I think that would really help fill in the picture of what goes on in a dog's brain for sure, because this is just visual. Dan, thank you very much. Good to have you. Thank you.